So we turn to chapter 9 in 2 Corinthians, and Paul is, has been doing a little fundraiser bit with them. And he continues with that by, he's kind of beginning to wrap it up, that little section of his, he's raising money. And, and he says this, the point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you've made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Loving Lord, we ask that your word light upon our hearts, lift us from whatever place we are in in life and in this world, remind us of hope, and send us out into this world a more generous people. In Christ we pray, amen. Why do you give? What inspires you to give? Why give to the church? These are the questions we're asking in these three weeks of this sermon series on generosity and in this time of stewardship together. I hope that you were able to watch the video that went out two days ago, the, the video on stewardship that went out. If you didn't get it for some reason or if you haven't seen it, you can always go to the church website and find it there. In that video, members were asked why they give. And they gave all kinds of reasons. They said things like, well, I give because I have. Or we give because we can. Or I can't remember a time when we didn't give. I give because I've been given to. I feel God when I give. Why do you give? I recently read an article in the Christian Century magazine that talked about a church in Chicago years ago that tried a unique experiment. They decided one Sunday to give every member $500. And they were allowed to use that any way they wanted with one guiding statement. It had to try to do good in the world. So they were given $500 and they were supposed to use it in some way to do good in the world. 
and then report back. One of the members, Dan, decided that he was going to give away his $500 in $100 increments, and he was going to do it in person. In other words, he wasn't going to mail it off to something far away. He was going to, it was going to be an experiential thing. He was going to do it in person and meet the people that it went to help in whatever way. And so he stayed close to home, and he walked the neighborhood and walked what felt like for hours, still with his first $100 in his pocket. And he finally came upon a daycare center. And he went up to the door and he knocked. And a middle-aged lady answered the door. And he introduced himself and said what he was doing. He said, I'm out, I'm giving out, I'm giving money. And right away, she looked at him and she said, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't need any of your tricks today and starts to slam the door shut. The article goes on to talk about how we are a lot like that daycare lady. When people come around offering money, we kind of back off and look at them sideways. We wonder what the trick is. What's the catch? What's really in it for you? We assume that something's up here we start to immediately go into a place of give and take. Money, the article says, has a distancing effect on us. The reason for that is because from a very early age, we are conditioned to think of money and time and giving as like commodities. Things that aren't really part of us, that they're, they're commodities that are traded and back and forth, that it's already a distant thing, that it's transactional, that when we decide to give or to spend, we are entering a transaction, a transaction. The best example I have, I thought of this, could think of is you know, when you give to an organization and they send you that letter, and church, church does too, sends you the letter acknowledging your gift, and then there's that line at the bottom, no goods and services were received for this donation. You see that line? You have to put it on there. You legally have to put it there. And I've always wondered about that line. I want to say, really? Nothing was received? For this gift, zero? I mean, I get why you put it, but, and it makes sense from one standpoint, particularly for the IRS that looks as giving as simply material. I gave this material thing and received nothing material in return. But I'm going to suggest that it's not just a transaction, plain and simple, it's that you don't just give to be part of a transaction. That that's not even where it comes from. I'm going to suggest that you give because you are already part of or are beginning a relationship. Giving is relational. It makes that line an untrue statement. I give and receive nothing from this gift. I would say that you give because you've already received. 
that you give because you're in a relationship here, that you're part of this, that when you give to someone on the street who's playing an instrument, you are saying to them, I appreciate you. I've been given something and I'm giving back to you. We're all of a sudden, even for this moment in time, in a back and forth relationship where both of us are giving and both of us are receiving. That when you give to an organization or to the church, you're saying, I'm part of this. I'm in relationship with these people and I'm being in relationship in this way among other ways. It's not transactional. When you read 2 Corinthians, particularly those lines we read just a minute ago, it actually feels transactional. It feels like Paul's talking about making transactions. When he says things like, when you give, God will increase your, your, multiply your seed or increase your harvest. Televangelists misuse that one all the time. Drives me crazy. It feels that way. When you give, you will be enriched in every way for your generosity. When you give, the one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. The one who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. It it sounds like some kind of Ponzi scheme, you know, where you're giving because you're going to give money and get more money in return, that that's why you do it, that that's the only reason you do it. It's all about you. It's not about anything else. It's a transaction. It's a simple investing transaction, and I'm making good on my, I'm writing the ledger. I'm making the ledger work. That that's how it feels Listen to it again when I put it in the context of a relationship. In a relationship, God will increase your harvest. In a relationship, you will be enriched in every way for your great generosity. In a relationship, The one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will reap bountifully in a relationship. It's not a formula. The reason we tend to think it is is because we're conditioned to think about time and money as commodities, as transactions, before we even open the book. But it's not. It's relational. Paul doesn't impart this information to them in order to give them some secret recipe for a get-rich-quick scheme, Paul is sharing this with them as the natural next step in their relationship together so that they may be more a part of what he is doing and he can be more a part of what they are doing. He is hoping that this thing they have, what they share together in Jesus Christ, means something to them because he knows that when you give in a relationship, you receive, and when you receive in a relationship, you give. And I think you know that too. Deep down, you know that when you give, you're participating in something much larger than yourself, that you're being reminded of something much larger than yourself. That when you give, in fact, you are relating to God. 
Let's go back to that guy in Chicago, Dan, who was trying to give away $100 and the daycare lady that was slamming the door on him. She almost got the door shut, but Dan was determined, and so he stopped her. And then he pleaded with her over and over again, explaining to her, no, this is not some scheme. I'm not trying to trick you. There are no tricks here. This is for real. I'm really trying to do this. Could you please help me do this? Surely you know someone who could use this money to be good, to be helpful to them. Surely you know, he said. And she listened to him. And then she paused and hesitated for a moment and shifted awkwardly back and forth and then looked at him. Might I have it? Well, he said, Do you think you're the one in this place that could use it the most? Yes, I believe I am. So with a smile on his face, he handed her the money. She looked at him again and said, I never thought I would meet an angel. He turned around and walked home with an empty pocket. What happened there? What happened? Was it just some cold transaction? Or was it something else? The article highlights that event is by saying this, it says, when a real gift happens, it becomes much more than a simple exchange. I would extend that even further. I'd say when a real gift happens, it's not a transaction at all. It's a relationship. A relationship you were already part of or that you were just beginning. It means our members were right with all of their lines, their reasons that they've stated in the video this week. I give because I have. We give because we can. I can't remember not giving. I give because I've been given too. I feel God when I do it. They're right about that because at the bottom of it all, at the roots of those statements, there's a relationship that when we give, we see God more clearly. When we give, We relate to God more fully. When we give, we are actually, in fact, drawn to the foot of the cross where we witness what real generosity actually looks like. It's an image that captures our heart, challenges our minds, and yes, digs deep into our pockets. No ledgers, no keeping score. 
just a sharing in the love of Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a relationship. One that I wouldn't trade for the world. Why do you give? Keep thinking about that question this week. As God turns our why into why not. Amen.